Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into episode 153 of the Hooper's Log. And yes, this is supposed to be the post-draft coverage for the NBA draft of 2016. But we're only 26 picks in as of this podcast and as of this live edition as of right now. Uh, It's pretty insane uh, how slow this thing is going. It's been nearly three hours since it began, and they're only 26 picks deep. Uh, It's pretty pretty uh, uh, lackluster, slow as of that. It's pretty ridiculous if you ask me. And knowing that, it's, it's kind of a sad state of affairs. I mean, and I know they're almost halfway through the draft, but if the next, what, there's 63, 64 picks, 65 picks in the draft, 50-something picks in the draft, I don't know, a lot of picks in the draft. If there's still like 60-something picks left, or excuse me, 30-something picks left, and we're only three hours in, that means we got another three hours to go. I mean, you got to be kidding me. People on the East Coast must be dying. If you want to call in, the phone number is 323-642-1558 here in the CLNS Radio Studios. Again, my name is Simo Buckets. We're here to talk about the draft. And if you haven't noticed, since Tuesday, the last show we did, which was a, a 4.30 p.m. 4.30 p.m. Pacific time, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. This one is 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, we're getting all wonky. We're, we're doing draft coverage as it's live right now. And we're going to recap the draft for you real quick. we got a caller on the line real quick, but let's get Kevin Hart in the building. And let me talk about these, these, these moves real quick before I get this caller on the line. Uh, Kevin Hart, get it going. Let's go. Hey, so much to talk about as of late. All right, all right, all right. Today. First off, some of the moves that have happened in the NBA over the last 24, 48 hours have been absolutely ridiculous. I mean, just flat-out stupid, insane craziness. I don't know what else to say other than, look, this, this, uh, this, this trade, this, this circumstance right now post-NBA Finals is crazy. I mean, we got rumors that will come to you next Tuesday as well. We'll talk more about the rumors and the moves then as well, as I'm sure the weekend will, will give itself more uh, rumors and, and trades as things move forward, but the Boston Celtics tried so hard to trade their third pick, and they just kept it. I mean, you saw all the things. Look, they tried to trade for Nerlens Noel, Gordon Hayward. Uh, they tried to trade for Jabari Parker, Chris Middleton, Jimmy Butler. A bunch of guys were being listed. Even Jaleel Okafor, Nerlens Noel, like I just said, a ton of guys that they were trying to trade for in Boston to move up from that three pick to get a solidified guy who's been in the league already. It's it's insane what they just did. 
there. Also, the rumors about Kevin Durant going to multiple places and add one more of those rumor mill places could potentially be now the New York Knicks. Why? Derrick Rose is a New York Knick. Derrick Rose has been traded to the New York Knicks on a multiple-player trade where uh, a guy, uh, Justin Holiday, uh, Justin Holiday uh, is now on the Knicks as well. 2017 second rounder for Robin Lopez, Jose Calderon, and Jerry and Grant. You now have a team in New York where they're saying, we're ready to get it going. We're ready to fire up the garden and get this team underway to try and compete in the Eastern Conference now. Can they, can they get to a deep run in the postseason? Obviously, this is a contract year for Derrick Rose. He has a ton to prove this season coming up forward. But will he do much for this team? I think people are highly underrating this move. People are trying to compare Derrick Rose to the MVP Derrick Rose from five years ago. If you're doing that, you're doing yourself a huge uh, disservice to your own basketball mortality and understanding what his, this guy does. He's still a top 20 point guard in the league. Is he, is he more of a bottom top 20 point guard? Sure. Is he a guy that isn't like an MVP type guy? No, he's not. He's, he's lost a lot of his athleticism. He's still a great shooter, great decision maker. Ah, not a great shooter, not a great shooter from outside 18 feet, but a guy who can get to the elbow and get you a jumper. Kind of like Russell Westbrook, except Russell Westbrook shoots the ball way better outside. He basically is now a poor man's Russell Westbrook. He kind of was beforehand, but now he definitely is. And, and, he, and, and that, the whole question of health is still there for him. I mean, is it going to be there for the rest of his career? Absolutely. Derrick Rose is going to have that question of health throughout the end of his, his time. But the guy's only 27 years old. The guy is still a baby. The guy is not the, the oldest guy on the court. I mean, he's still a guy who's waiting for that next contract to get a big-time deal and become a big-time name in the NBA. I mean, he is a force still in the NBA. Now, again, he's not Russell Westbrook. He's not the Derrick Rose from the MVP season. No way, no how, not at all. Not going to happen. But when, from the standpoint of adding this guy to the New York Knicks and making them a competitive team in the Eastern Conference, look, people forget two years ago the New York Knicks won, what, 17 games? This year they won darn near 30, if not 30 exactly. And now they just picked up Derrick Rose. Yes, they lost Robin Lopez. They lost an offensive uh, rebounding machine. Jose Calderon, a solid, fundamental player. But Derrick Rose is a guy who, who brings the intensity, brings the, 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 the mojo back to the garden, which they haven't had in a while. I mean, the last time they went to the playoffs was, what, like four, five, six years ago? They haven't been a big-time team to be reckoned with in a while. And I'm telling you, a place like New York, in Madison Square Garden. I've been to Madison Square Garden. It's, I mean, it is insanely unbelievable with how beautiful the, uh, the arena is and how intense the arena is. It's incredible. And with what this guy brings to the table in Madison Square Garden now, with Carmelo Anthony, with now a young Chris Stapps Porzingis, and like I just mentioned, the potential of a guy like Kevin Durant, who could walk in the building and make that team an instant contender in the Eastern Conference. Will they win the East? No. If they get a guy like Kevin Durant? No. I don't think they will, but do they become a contender? Absolutely. They still got to improve and get guys off the bench to contribute for that organization. But for the most part, Derrick Rose brings the spark back to New York. And it does another thing as well. It tells the Chicago Bulls and Jimmy Butler 
that the decision they made to fire a guy like Tom Thibodeau was probably the worst decision they've ever made. Jimmy Butler's on the move. This guy does not want to be in Chicago anymore. I, I, who blames him? This guy has nobody around him. Paul Gasol is disappearing with age as we speak. Derrick Rose is now gone. The bench is, de- is decrepitating. People want to go play for the Timberwolves. Jimmy Butler is the lone man out. In fact, Jimmy Butler is looking like this year's version of last year's version of, how would you say it, Damian Lillard. Remember when Damian Lillard lost all of his players around him? Jimmy Butler is in the exact same boat. And in fact, it's the front office saying, we're going to ride or die with Jimmy Butler. Did you see this team last year after they lost Tom Thibodeau? They were a completely different organization, and they aged before our very eyes, and they disappeared quickly. This team in Chicago is in rebuilding mode. They may not win 30 games next year. This team may only win 25, 30 games. And if I'm Jimmy Butler, I'm doing everything I can, taking trips. I don't care if I get any kind of tampering charges on my name. I'm trying to get out of Chicago as quick as I can because this organization is screwing me over and my, and my time to grow as an overall player in the NBA. It's a sad thing to see, but it's, it's, it's happening. As, as we speak, Jimmy Butler is trying to gather as fast as possible. With some of the moves that were made today in the draft, Denzel Valentine was drafted by the Chicago Bulls at 14, a big move for them. Clearly a big-time move for the Chicago Bulls to get Denzel Valentine. But doesn't this just spell rebuilding for the Chicago Bulls? If it doesn't, I don't know what kind of land you're speaking of because this team needs to get to go. Another move that was made, before we get to the callers, another move that was made was Jeff Teague going to the Indiana Pacers in a three-team deal which would send, which would send uh, 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 I believe, a draft pick to Utah, give Dr- Jeff Teague, uh, uh, George Hill to the Jazz, um, and I believe there was a draft pick sent to another team. I'm not quite sure. I don't have the exact sources in front of me, but Jeff Teague's going to the Pacers, and I've said this from the beginning. And then also today earlier, uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, my gosh, Thaddeus Young from the new from the new uh new I almost said New Jersey Nets people. This is how long I've been watching basketball. The Brooklyn Nets. Thaddeus Young from the Brooklyn Nets. Listen to this Pacers rosters now. L- listen to this Pacer roster. It's absolutely remarkable. This team coming into next year is a big time test. Jeff Teague, Monte Ellis, Paul George, Miles Turner, and Thaddeus Young. You talk about a team all they got to do, and they got Rodney Stuckey from the great Pacific Northwest, Washington. He, he played up here in the Pacific Northwest around Mount Vernon. This guy is a monster off the bench. You talk about a team now getting set and prepped to go back to the playoffs and be a contender next season. They've got the opportunity to do so. I mean, they have the players now. They have the background, legitimacy to do what they want to do in the postseason to move far forward as they possibly can. It is a scary thing to see this Indiana Pacers thing do because I'm telling you man I said it last offseason this team with a healthy Paul George is going to look better and look at them now they back got back into the postseason and now they have a starting rotation that can contend with many if not most of the teams in the Eastern Conference it's crazy let's talk draft caller we got a caller from the 559 caller what's your name how you doing man um Adrian from Fresno yeah what's up bud hey how you doing Hey, good, and you? I'm doing good, man. I've been watching this draft. It's gone on way too long for all I, all I'm concerned. It's only been like 27, 28 picks, and it's been three hours. I don't know how people on the West, East Coast are doing it. I know we're doing it on the West Coast watching it, but good Lord, yeah. it's been long. What's your take so far of the draft and some of the moves that have been going on 
in the uh, in, in in the off season. I mean, it's only been like it's only been like forty eight, uh, thirty you know thirty six forty eight hours since we last yeah. talked about the NBA finals, and all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of moves going, and we haven't even gotten into July yet. What's your take on the draft, and what's your take on what's going on the last few days? Uh, crazy. That's really what the off season has been so far, and the draft has been crazy as well. I think, like you said on Twitter, Orlando just threw it away with what they gave up for to OKC. I think OKC won that trade. And uh, the draft, you know, everything fell into place, uh, as a lot of people expected. But I did not expect Jamal Murray to fall back. Well, seven, yeah, to fall to seven. I honestly thought Boston was going to take him at the third uh, selection. So yeah. pretty much it was just um, as expected the draft. But the off season. Like you mentioned, has just been bizarre. Yeah, you were mentioning Indiana's uh, lineup. I think Indiana's going to be a really good team. Healthy Paul George uh, adds the superstar quality that he brings. And and if the if the rumors are true about the Knicks, then maybe yeah, maybe they they add some uh, a threat to the Cavs. You know, it's frustrating to me, and you just mentioned it. For those of you that aren't aware, if you're listening to this podcast 10 years from now or whatever, uh, Serge Ibaka being traded to the Orlando Magic. I said this in the offseason last year and during this season. This team had some growing pains to go through this year with guys like Alfred Payton, Victor Oladipo, obviously Tobias Harris before he got traded. And then you also add in guys like uh, Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon. They have, they have, a, or, they have a team and an organization that's moving forward and doing all the right things to grow. They're looking like the Oklahoma City Thunder from, you know, four or five years ago when they were rebuilding. They have all the pieces in place. And then all of a sudden they make this crazy trade for Serge Ibaka trading Victor Oladipo, Ursan Ilyasova, and I believe one other player if I'm not mistaken. And it's just like, what are you doing? Unless, look, I said this on Twitter, unless they're delusional enough, to try and get Kevin Durant or make big-time signings in the offseason, this move makes no sense to me, man. Again, uh, do you have any questions for me, Adrian? Uh, real quick, i got to get to Chris on the line, but uh, do you have any questions for me before I put you back on hold, bud? Uh, wh- who do you, what do you think about about the way that, that this is all planning out? Like about uh, Not about how it's planning out, about how Orlando – how do you think they're going to respond now that they don't really have all the Debo? How do you think their season's going to go with Sergio? Well, first of all, with that question, look, now they've got a solidified front court. They got Vucevic, they got Sergio Baca, and on top of it, they got a young guy in Aaron Gordon. I know everyone's talking about that crazy dunk he made in the dunk contest about four or five months ago. But outside of yeah. that, that guy is skilled, athletic. He's incredible, and he's only going to get better with time. Um, they have a solidified front court. The thing now is, is all they got is Elford Payton with no help. Yeah, they got Evan. I believe they have Evan Fournier, if I'm not mistaken. I know they got Mario Hazonia. I know they've got a young team that's solidified and can do some things. But this Serge Ibaka move, really, to me, what it says is they're, this, this front office is getting ready to pull some all-nighters and getting ready to go, okay, who can we pick here? Who can we pick up here? How can we get this free agent? How can we attract this free agent? Because that's what they need to do to buy back into the fan base. Because if they don't make any moves in this offseason, you talk about the last three or four years that have been completely thrown away if they just traded away Victor Oladipo. Because now, look, I'm trashing Orlando for what they did, but you look at now, you look at the other side for Oklahoma City, if Kevin Durant goes back to Oklahoma City and he re-signs a one-year deal or something, I would anticipate he would do considering, considering 
the, uh, the considering the draft, or excuse me, the, the, the cap's going to go up again next year to 110 million, which is the projected cap. If he signs a one-year deal with Oklahoma City, you got you got Russell Westbrook on a one-year. You got yeah. I'm going to put you back on hold real quick, Adrian. Okay. Yeah. All right, but but I'll answer your question. The point is, is you have a guy in Russell Westbrook on a contract year, Victor Oladipo, who is already an athletic fundamental freak from Indiana, who has proven who can play very well in a, a very good system. When he has great coaching around him, ha, Billy Donovan, how much better does it get outside of Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich and a couple other names that I forgot to mention? But you got him going there. He's going to get better instantly. You got If they get KD back, you got KD. You got you got Sam Adams, Enos Cantor. Uh, who else got Foy? They got Randy Foy. Uh, they got Anthony Morrow coming off the bench. This team. Oh yeah, and they also got Deion Waiters if he resigns. I don't know where he's going to sign. Who knows? This offseason is going to be crazy. But that team, if they resign Kevin Durant and maybe pick up one other piece, you talk about title or bust. That's it. That's all it becomes. Because if the Orlando, if the if the Orlando Magic knew what was best for them. They would have kept Victor Oladipo and understood this guy with him and Alfred Payton, we got our backcourt set for the next six to eight years because those two guys are going to be solid, fundamental players, and that's what you need at times in the backcourt if you need to have a big-time frontcourt. To to counterbalance certain things, you need to have that fundamental side to you. And the frontcourt for the Orlando Magic was growing and getting better. But losing Victor Oladipo, I think that really, really takes away from the rebuilding strategy that they had for being great for the future. Now they desperately need to sign some massive free agents in the offseason or else they're going to look like a clown in a candy store and they're not, they're not, they're not, they don't know where they're at. They won't look like they know where they're at at all. They're going to look like the crazy guy at the candy store and they're going to be like, oh, who, who is this guy? What are you doing? That's exactly what it looks like right now for the Orlando Magic. Chris in L.A., man, hey, what have you seen so far from the draft and what's been going on? I mean, I know we're only through the first round almost to this point, uh, but what have you seen so far to this point, and what have you seen in the offseason moves to this point moving forward? Oh, man, uh, thanks for having me on. um, Absolutely. I've seen a lot of, uh, of course, we all know the biggest, the big talk of the day is the uh, Thunder pulling one over on the Orlando Magic. A lot of people are saying this is like the James Harden deal, but I don't think so. I feel like the Thunder actually won this deal. They gave up Ibaka, but you got Oladipo, who's definitely a promising shooting guard, which you need because Deion Wade just isn't consistent enough. Roberson isn't good enough offensively. Uh, And they also got the ball a young player who actually has some talent. He has some game. And Ersan Eliasova, who will be a deep so they actually won that trade. They didn't have to give up too much. Right. They gave up one player to get these solid players, definitely solid players. So I think Thunder won that trade. Um, uh, Scalavisier was just actually chose uh, 28 by the Suns. And it's about three before them. And I think that a lot of the other need to really start reevaluating um, their. Uh, their true draftability because it's kind of like when your friends and family are hyping you up, unless you have somebody from the league telling you that, I don't think you should believe it because now you've entered the draft and you're sitting here and you're 
in the first round and they're sitting there looking sad and you know, I think that some players would stick around for that I think your phone had but your phone's breaking up a little bit. What were you saying there? Just repeat what you just said, like the last like ten seconds. Sorry, bud. Uh, I was just saying, um, unless a player, a freshman, has a lot, I don't know if they be trying to go to the league and tour. Mm-hmm. You end up barely getting shows. Team league. Yeah. Uh-huh. Your your phone, dude, Chris. Chris, your phone is dying, bro. It's killing. It's it's bad. Uh, let me just let me just answer you real quick. I, I know what you're saying about some things. I'll let you finish in a second, but your phone is killing me. Uh, the the NBA draft this year, like I agree with you, a bunch of guys in the draft should not come in if they're freshmen. I mean, look, there's a bunch of freshmen right now, and we're looking at it as we speak. And uh, there's a guy in Deontay Davis from Michigan State, a freshman, a power forward who is one of the top talents coming into the draft. And this guy hasn't even been sniffed yet. I mean, he's a free agent, power forward, big man, big-time projected status, and he hasn't done anything. I mean, he hasn't even been picked up. He hasn't even been touched. Um, Chris, can you explain that for why a guy like Deontay Davis hasn't even been touched yet? And we're, we're darn near the end of the first round now at this point. Yeah. You hear, yeah, I, man, Chris, I gotta put you back on hold real quick, bud. Your phone, your phone is dead. I mean, I can't, I really can't hear you at all. Um, I apologize for that, everybody. Uh, I wish I could have Chris on, but that phone is that phone is awful. It's not his fault. It's no one's fault. Um, but I'll get him back on in a second. Hopefully, we can get a better signal. Um, but anyway, this is an interesting case right now because a lot of things have been made about these international players. And what's been going on about all these picks that have been being made? I mean, you got guys like Timothy Luwulu, uh from from France. You got a guy like Scalabazzari. Uh, he played at Kentucky, but he's also another guy who's international. Uh, Ante Zizic from Croatia. He got drafted by Boston. Uh, you got guys like uh, like Juan. Oh, man, I'm gonna brutalize these names. Hernan Gomez. Uh, he is from he is from Spain. He got drafted 15th to Denver. Um, you got guys like Furkan Korkmaz. He just got drafted to Philly at 26. Um, it's really fascinating to see what's going on here in the NBA draft as things get moving. Uh, and let me recap the draft for you right now, at least the first round, and give you an idea of where guys have gone and what, is, what has happened to this point. Ben Simmons has been drafted first to the, to the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. We all knew that within the last couple of days. They reported that they would draft him, and he was drafted number one. Brandon Ingram was drafted number two to the Los Angeles Lakers uh, from Duke University as a freshman as well. He's going to go there and try and help the rebuilding process. Drafted at three, Jalen Brown. Shocking enough, we all knew this guy was going to come into the draft this year. About a year ago, we thought he'd be a big-time pick. Unfortunately, his status kind of dropped a little bit. He's still one of the top, one of the top guys in the, in the draft when he came in, but picking him at three from Boston. And we all know the circumstance that was heading in with Boston, the circumstance that they were trying to get a guy in, uh, in, 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 in to get a trade going. That was the whole purpose of trying to get a guy like Jalen Brown or someone. It, 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 people thought he were going to get Chris, Chris Dunn. People thought he was going to get Buddy Heal, Jamal Murray, Jalen Brown. No one knew what was going to happen with Boston at, at three because they had all these moves that were potentially going to happen. 
They didn't make the move. They went all the way down to the wire, and a guy in Jalen Brown found his way into Boston. Who knows if he's going to get traded? Who knows what's ultimately going to happen with that move? But that's a solid move by them, a six-seven shooting guard, same size as Kobe Bryant. Not that he's going to be Kobe Bryant. I don't think he will. But he's a big guy like Kobe Bryant, and he's got a chance to be a big-time player heading into the league. Drafted at four, Dragan Bender, uh, a guy drafted at four to Phoenix. He's from Israel, uh, a big power forward, 7-1, a lot, a lot of potential. Again, kind of scares me. Every time I see a big-time uh, uh, overseas player, it reminds me of, uh, of, of, when, uh, of when Darko Milicic got, got drafted. That's exactly what I think of when I hear this happening. And also you got Chris Dunn, who was drafted to Minnesota. Now, when Chris Dunn got drafted to Minnesota, the first thing I thought of is Ricky Robio's got to go. I mean, look, think about this. Chris Dunn, think about this roster now. Chris Dunn, Andrew Wiggins, uh, whoever they have at small forward, I, I can't put a finger to it right now. But then you got guys like uh, maybe Shabazz Muhammad starts at small forward. Then you got guys like uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, you got Zach Levine off the bench. You've got a nasty deep squad in Minnesota right now. You're talking about a team right now that's going to walk into the league next season in 2016-2017 that could walk in and make the postseason immediately. This is a team that has so much talent, so much skill, and they might make even more moves in the offseason with Tom Thibodeau. With that coach, with that adjustment in the offseason, they are going to be a terrifying team come next season in Minnesota, especially with the draft pick of Chris Dunn. I think he's for real. I think he's going to be absolutely incredible. I think he's going to be amazing, uh, Chris Dunn, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Number six, Buddy Heald, drafted to New Orleans Pelicans. Look, you talk about a solid selection for them from the standpoint of they got Anthony Davis, they've got a couple other guys on the perimeter for them, but but uh, Buddy Heald can spread the floor with the best of them at the guard position for them in New Orleans. A big-time pickup for them at number six. Uh, number seven pick, Jamal Murray. He reminds me a lot of a, he reminds me a lot of look I'm not going to I'm not going to say he's going to be him and I'm not going to say he is him and I'm not going to say I hate him because of this but he reminds me of Steph Curry he's a guy who is very average defensively but when it comes to his ability to score the basketball he's got one of the pure jumpers in this in this draft I mean outside of Buddy Heald Jamal Murray's right there I mean he and he's a freshman he's got time to grow he's 6'4 he's 19 years old he is a freak on the offensive side of the floor and he might actually lead this this draft in scoring this entire rookie class in scoring his rookie year come next season he's that fluid as an offensive player and I wouldn't be shocked if he made those adjustments in the league Marquise Chris was drafted by Sacramento originally traded to to Phoenix on a pending trade as of right now. He's from the University of Washington, a 6'9 power forward. He went 8 to Sacramento. Now he's going to go to Phoenix. Uh, number 9, Toronto, Jacob Podol. He's drafted from Utah, sophomore, big man there, 7 foot power forward. He went to 9 to Toronto as well. Number 10, went to uh, uh, Thon Maker. Look, if anyone's ever watched Thon Maker play basketball, this is like, this is like the new a uh, breaded version of Kevin Durant. Look, this guy is seven one and he's a center, but he plays all five positions. And you talk about a guy in Milwaukee that's joining a guy in uh, in a guy in Jonas uh, Antetokounmpo, a similar type play here, unbelievable type player who can do everything on the floor at ten. Thon Maker was absolutely incredible overseas, and he's only a nineteen year old player, maybe even a little older. People don't know. It's kind of a, it's kind of a mystery. But uh, incredible size and, and, and strength there for Thon Maker, an incredible pick 
uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, number eleven, real quick. We're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do the uh, we're gonna do the lottery picks real quick, and then I'll get back to Adrian in uh, in Fresno uh, for him to give his uh, his take on what he's seen in the draft so far. Again, like I said, um, and then number eleven again, like I said. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis, originally picked by Orlando. He was the guy who was involved in the trade with those other couple of guys in uh, in Ersan Ilyasova and Victor Oladipo traded to Oklahoma City. A big-time trade there. Again, he's going to Oklahoma City. Another help there. Big-time stuff. I mean, I can't explain to you how insane that trade was to get a guy like Serge Ibaka for Orlando. It still doesn't make sense that they made this trade. It hurt them more than I think it hurt Oklahoma City at 12. Terion Prince from Baylor, big time athletic player, drafted by Atlanta, drafted by uh, Utah originally, but he's being being moved to Atlanta in another trade. Uh, and drafted at 13 was uh, was gorgeous. Oh man, I can't name this guy. Georges Papaginis. Oh yeah, I've heard of this guy. This guy's from Greece. He's one of the big time big players. He drafted to Phoenix at 13. Again, another big man there for the Phoenix Suns. And then drafted at 14 was. Uh, I got my list here. Do do do. I got a list of all the players. Denzel Valentine, like I said, to Chicago, drafted at 14 to Chicago. A big time, big time pickup there. I think for the Chicago Bulls, especially considering knowing that they just got rid of Derrick Rose 24 hours ago. Uh, hey, Adrian, man, what's your take on these picks that were made in the first that were made in the first uh, lottery picks of the draft? The first 14 picks. What was your take, and uh, what have you seen so far to this point? Uh, that makes you think that this is uh, this is working out to to the to the favorite of these uh, of these lottery teams. Uh, I I just think that all the all the players selected were 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 okay decent players and and they filled team needs like you mentioned Denzel Valentine since they got rid of Rose were in need of another guard and um um uh, uh, the Pelicans got a shooter and, and Buddy Hill who could spread the court and and then um Simmons. He could basically do anything for the Sixers as they need all the help they could get. Same thing with the Lakers. They they got Ingram and a, and a good shooter, and the Lakers were last in three-pointers made, so they need a good uh, perimeter shooter. And my take is just really that these teams are either going to – it was either get them or have, have to trade or do something because there wasn't – like right now, a lot of these players, I think there's a lot of people saying they're unknown. So um, I think um, they were just trying to get who they can get. And uh, another intake I took from the draft is that, that there's teams that are just ready to start the rebuilding process, and they're and they're no holds barred. They're doing they're doing what they need to do for the future. I think one of these things that I think what's going on. This is one of the most interesting drafts because I think this is going to be one of the most, if not the most, unique off season we're ever going to see. Because look at all these guys getting drafted that are in really odd spots. I mean, you got guys like uh, like Buddy Heald got drafted a little bit higher than he should have. I think Buddy Heald was a top five pick, but he got picked outside of his slot. Jamal Murray got drafted. I think I think Jamal Murray got drafted pretty accurately to where he should go. But you got guys like DeMontis, uh, DeMontis Sabonis who got drafted a little bit later. You got guys like Timothy Luau who got drafted a little way later than he was expected. Guys like Furkan Cormax who got drafted where it was. Thon Maker was a guy randomly. I mean, he, he was not picked to go this high in the draft. You got guys who are being picked in odd spots. I think what's, what's happening right now in the NBA is considering what we saw yesterday and what we're seeing right now, 
All we're seeing right now is a process of GMs and their, and their brains working. We're not seeing guys really focusing in on making moves for themselves. We're focusing in, I think, the GMs this year, knowing that that giant salary cap is staring down the face of $94 million, GMs and, and, and front office people are getting themselves prepared for a brutal offseason, knowing that it's going to be a complete bidding war, and a ton of guys are available in the free agent period. I think the draft picks that are being created right now, some of them are, are legit, like Denzel Valentine's legit, Dunn's legit, obviously Ben Simmons, Brandon Ingram. But when you talk about like this middle portion of the draft where guys like Henry Ellison are going where they're going. That guy's like Ante Zizic from Croatia going to Boston late when he should have been drafted earlier with the talent that he had. You got these guys coming in here, and it's odd. Like Malachi Richardson is a guy who is easily a much better than a top than a, than a 22 pick. He's much better than that. You got some of these guys coming in here, and and and, and I think what's going on is all of these all of these GMs are kind of staring down the gun barrel of recognizing, hey, we can draft these guys, but there are so many players available in the offseason. Why focus on the draft? Why not just draft a guy who sounds good, might work in our system, try him out. If he doesn't work, who cares? we got a guy we can sign for $35 million in the offseason. I mean, it's crazy what we're seeing moving forward here. Um, and, and as we speak, you know, the first round of the draft is finally completed. Um, it's taken them about three and a half hours. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but let's roll through the rest of this draft real quick. We just mentioned the lottery teams, uh, the top 14 picks. Picked at number 15 was Juan uh, Hernan Gomez uh, from Spain. He went to Denver. Uh, kind of an odd pick there again, but a guy, a power forward, a 6'9 power forward. A lot of these guys are listed at power forward, but they don't play like power forwards. Like, for example, Ben Simmons was listed as a power forward. He's 6'10", but he plays all five positions. You know, you got Brandon Ingram who can play four positions on the basketball court. A lot of these guys are just giant human beings who can play very, very guard-like, and that's just how they play. Um, at the 16 spot, you also had a guy in uh, – at the 16 spot, you had Ger- Gershon Yubaselli from France. Again, Boston pick there. Another guy, I think they're just looking to see if they can try him out because they know that this offseason they're going to make some giant moves moving forward. Wade Baldwin, the, Wade Baldwin, the sixth or the fourth, I believe, going to Memphis – uh, for in the 17th pick, fantastic pick there. A young uh, sophomore shooting guard at 6'3", 194, probably will switch down to a shoot uh, to a point guard. They're saying he's potentially going to take over for a guy like Mike Conley. That's the potential pick there. You got Henry Ellison, like I just mentioned, from Marquette, going to Detroit on the 18th pick. Kind of a head scratcher, but if it works for them, it works for them. 19th pick, Malik Beasley to Denver from Florida State. I thought that was an outstanding pick. He's a decent, solid player who can give you some minutes. Uh, A guy at number 20 who was also picked was – you got a guy at number 20. Uh, Where is he? I have him on my list here. I don't know where he went. Oh, Karis Levert drafted to Indiana, but then traded to Brooklyn on one of those on the trade that was done for uh, for for the Jeff Teague trade. So he got drafted there as well. A senior from Michigan, so a big time senior player. Good stuff there for them. Drafted at 21, DeAndre Bembry from St. Joseph's, another fantastic player who can be a role player right now in the NBA uh, for Atlanta. An outstanding pickup for them at number 22. 
You saw uh, Malachi Richardson, like we just said, a fantastic guy who can come in right now and impact off the bench when, when Kemba Walker needs some help for Charlotte. Another big play there. Number 23, Ante Zizig, like I just said, Boston Croatian player. Number 24, Timothy Lulu uh, from France. He's going to Philadelphia. He's going to pair with Ben Simmons in the offseason. When they work out together, it's going to be absolutely nuts. And then at number 25, you saw a guy in uh, – you saw a guy in Bryce Johnson from North Carolina from the, for the Clippers. Big-time pickup there. Look, if this isn't a reality check for a guy like, like – uh, oh, man, I'm blanking right now. For a guy like Blake Griffin, if this isn't a reality check for Blake Griffin, with a, bringing in a guy like Bryce Johnson who's fundamentally sound, he's athletic. He's not athletic like, like Blake Griffin, but he's athletic, fundamental, big man, senior power forward coming out, 6'10", 230, big-time fundamental player. This is a wake-up call for Blake Griffin because if they don't need Blake Griffin, I anticipate a big-time trade for Blake Griffin sometime within the next 12 months, seeing if this guy might be – uh, traded because considering what's going on with this team and how they've operated without Blake Griffin the last two years, maybe a guy like Bryce Johnson might actually be the correct fit for them in Clipperland. Furkak Korkmaz was picked by Philadelphia at 26, a big time pick there. Um, and then also going into the top 27, you have, or, or going into the, the bottom half of the draft, the bottom three teams in the draft, you see a guy. Uh, uh, who, who are the top 27 here? Let's see. Let's get into the top 27. Uh, number 27th pick is uh, it was Pascal Siakam. Uh, he was drafted by the Raptors, power forward. Again, a big-time power forward. Uh, he's kind of one of those guys, again, unknown. No one really knows much about him. But if the, if the scouts are doing their job, they saw him. Scal Lebazir, he was drafted by the Kings or through the Suns. At 28th, a big-time forward from Kentucky, like I just mentioned. And then at uh, 29, you saw the Spurs, Deontay Murray, big-time guard. That was a perfect pick for the San Antonio Spurs. As a Spurs fan, we need a guy that can be athletic, be a playmaker, and get buckets. All we need at the guard position, and that's the kind of guy we need to get. Fantastic pickup for the San Antonio Spurs. I love it as a Spurs fan. The first time outside of Kawhi Leonard that we've had a big-time pick, that we've needed a big-time pick in a long time. And then at 30, for the Golden State Warriors, uh, they pick up Damian Jones from Vanderbilt for the 30th pick in the first round. So the NBA draft first round is in the books. And Deontay Davis finally has been picked by the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, actually by the Boston Celtics, uh, through the Memphis Grizzlies as the 31st pick, first pick in the second round. That's a huge, gigantic steal, if you've ever asked me. That's a huge pickup for the Boston Celtics as they move forward. Adrian, man, I mean, it's been an absolutely crazy draft to this point. It's been a long draft, bud. Um, we're going to head out of here shortly. Obviously, it's been a long night in the NBA, and I, I can anticipate this weekend, I feel like, is going to be a gigantic chess match weekend for a bunch of teams heading forward because we're going to see a bunch of moves play out here over the next couple of days and going into July. It's going to be crazy, man. Yeah, it definitely is. And uh, I just want to see what's going to happen, you know. Uh, to this point, it's only, like you said, 48 hours since it all started. And it's already been crazy. So, yeah, i just looking forward to what the weekend has. And like you said, if, if the owners are going to um, deal away the draft picks or – do what they need to do. 
Yeah, it's going to be absolutely insane. All right, we're going to head out of here with that. Uh, just an insane night. We still have the second round of the second half of the draft coming up, obviously, as we get into the 31st selection after that. Uh, Dayton, De- De- Deontay Jones was picked for Michigan State, like I just said, but there's more picks to come after that, and we'll recap that for you next Tuesday. We'll get back to our normal time, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern here on the Hoopers Log on Tuesday June 28th, we will be here for you on episode 154 of the Hooper's Log. Thank you again for listening, everybody. Have a fantastic night and enjoy yourself.